Hi guys, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I want to talk about death today. Not death of the body, but death of the old state of being. The old man or woman, but this old conversation. The old you that you want to dump and move into a new state of health or financial freedom. any number of things. You can probably think of your desires, what, what it is you want to experience right now as I'm talking. Or maybe you've already moved into it. You've had some great, wonderful things happen that you've seen how you intentionally imagined yourself into a new state and you're in it now. You've got that new job. You've got that, the wealth that you imagined. You're flush with cash. Or you're up and out of the wheelchair. You're healthy spry, running around like you're a 15-year-old, even though chronologically it says you're 50. You know, But we never stop growing and expanding, and we don't just enter a state and want to stay there. I don't think so. I couldn't imagine just moving into a new state and just, okay, I'm done. You know, Never be complacent. So whether you, you're listening to this and you think, I've already got it, I've already done it, Maybe there's something else. I'm sure there's something else you want to experience. This is your universe. What do you want to do? Have fun with it. Okay, so what I'm talking about today is how do you get to that point where that the old man, this old state, the old patterns are dead and buried. And they're a memory. I remember when I was like that. But oh, I'm not like that now. And I'm just going to share what works for me in putting to death the old state for good. And regardless of the technique you use, whether you've done uh, what, what I've talked about here and here, well, not just me, everywhere, search for Neville Goddard and it's up uh, on every uh, resource online that you can find, it talks about ways to get to that feeling of your wish fulfilled. So let's, I'm gonna skip the techniques and just go straight to You've captured that feeling in imagination. You've answered that question that you ask yourself, how would I feel if I were that person already? How would I feel if I were already that? It's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? That maybe it's a thrill. Maybe you even get a tingle in your, down in your bones when you've captured that feeling, that sense of, oh yeah, it's done. I've got this. What kind of feelings do you feel? Whatever that comes up and you've captured that feeling and you know it. I did it. I planted the seed. I moved in imagination. I am that person now. I'm that guy. <laughs> but then throughout the day, you know, there's doubts and things come up and events come up that remind us that, at least in my case, you know, things would come up Remind me that I'm not financially free. Remind me that I'm not perfectly healthy. And then my reactions to that. My reactions, ah, that's what I've learned to really watch out for. And not antagonistically, not on the hunt for negative reactions. <laughs> out to destroy them. No war involved, no battling. 
but I've found that noticing my, my reactions throughout the day, noticing them, and when I react in a way I don't like, revising that reaction. And if you've never revised anything, you're, it's still, it's, you're using imagination, but you're changing it. You're revising it. Let's say I reacted. I imagined a happy, wonderful home where everybody gets along. You know, generally, it's a peaceful home. I've got five children. They don't all live here anymore. But I've imagined a peaceful home, a home of joy. And then an hour later, I hear two of my teenage boys about to start punching each other. <laughs> and I've reacted very badly. A, you know, explosion of Mount Brignac. <laughs> I erupted. This hasn't happened recently, but it's happened. And I reacted like, oh, like I used to, just spewing wrath and anger and all of these things coming out. And it's funny looking back at it. You know, a few minutes later, I, I remember one particular time I just blew up on him. And then I, I calmed down and took a breath and I really just started laughing at myself, laughing at the words I was, I was using. Absolutely, I'm, I'm screaming, telling them how they need to focus on being peaceful and loving. <laughs> and I'm just bleh, right at them. So I noticed that, noticed that reaction. And I revised it. Changed that whole situation. There's been a couple of times that that's happened. One time, I just, I didn't revise them arguing. I just revised my reaction to it. Another time, I did change. I did revise the whole situation. I just changed uh, their arguing voices. Still hearing their voices just changed what they were saying, hearing them laugh it off, laughing at each other instead of cursing at each other. So, but I'm back, back to the reactions. I revised my reaction to it. And the, the more I chose to be attentive to my reactions, the faster I caught myself to the point to where it's not so much, ha much having to revise the reactions, but to catch myself right at the beginning of the reaction before a word even comes out of my mouth, catch myself like, oh, Mike, come on, buddy. And then immediately on the spot, change my reaction. And then you get to a point where those types of things, you catching yourself doesn't uh, happen as often because you're dwelling in this new state and your reactions change automatically. Reactions change. Neville says about reactions in his lecture, I think it's titled Fundamentals from the 1950s. He says that your reactions to life define your state of consciousness. So paying attention to your reactions, very important. But noticing your reactions without being critical of yourself and without judging yourself, that's what would trip me up a number of times in that doom loop I've talked about. Get tripped up on the reaction and then get upset at myself, judge myself for reacting in a way that 
I know I shouldn't in a way I don't want to. And then beating myself up and starting to start assuming that I'm not successful at imagining that I'm just, even though I know I'm the cause, I'm just no good at it. Don't do that. Don't do what I did. But notice reactions. Notice your reactions and not just the verbal ones, not just the things that come out of your mouth, but we react more often inwardly than we do outwardly. So inner talk, your inner conversations. In another lecture, or it's in his, one of his books, and I, I think it's At Your Command or Out of This World, in chapter two, Neville talks about your, how you see people mentally gives you an indication of whether you're actually in this new state of being. And I had to read it a couple of times before I understood what he was talking about. And then that same week I was reading it, someone posted in one of the Facebook groups, I think it was in the Vibe Project on Facebook. It might've been in another one, but somebody asked, quoted, they kind of misquoted, they didn't quote it completely, that quote from Neville about looking at others mentally, seeing others mentally. But what it's talking, what he was talking about from on my take, my take on it is that he's saying that let's say, here's an example. You've imagined yourself into a healthy state. You're healthy. But then when the thought of your doctor, a note about a reminder of your doctor's appointment comes up, and you immediately have this conversation, maybe uh, with yourself, but in particular when I'm talking, I'm talking about mental conversations with others when you see them mentally you see your doctor and then you automatically hear him say something negative because that's based on the old pattern the old you and neville says in that book that you're not dwelling that is not the new state has not become your dwelling place this is where like i talked about in the last episode naturalness of the state that's why this is so important and that's the same thing Dying to the old man, dying to the old state is the same as the new having getting to the point of naturalness of the new state. Just a different way of saying it. So you get to that point of naturalness, putting to death the old state, noticing your reactions and your inner dialogue. If it's money, I know there were times where I was okay, I've got it. I was got it this time. I was successful. I've imagined myself into a state of wealth, abundance. And then later in the day, I think of Kim. Oh, Kim will be home soon. And without even thinking, instantly, instantly my thoughts go to a conversation with her. An imagined conversation. It's not one that's happening, but I hear her voice and see the shock on her face at how much money I spent or how much money is in the bank account. And Neville says, if you're still, if people in imagination, when you have these inner conversations with them, like I just did in my example with Kim, if they're not seeing you differently, then you're not dwelling in the new state. So that comes back to reactions. For me, that's part of reactions, my inward, my uh, internal reactions, my inner dialogue and my outward reactions. How I react tells me, it defines the state I'm in. So noticing your reactions is very important to being successful at putting to death the old state. 
and giving life to the new state of whatever it is you want. And moving from that state of wanting to the state of being, already that. Another thing that helps me is playing, playing in imagination, always playing, any chance I get. It's fun. Uh, just a little while ago, I was had a texting conversation with Kim and I asked her what she's doing and she said she was bored. <laughs> so I just told her to play in imagination for a little bit and she asked for some ideas. So I just quickly came up with some. So I'm going to read you the, the texts. This is us playing in imagination. So she says, give me some ideas. And I say, imagine us soaking in a hot tub, sipping a yummy cocktail as we watch the snow fall. Another one. We're sitting in chairs on the beach, sipping a cocktail. I like cocktails. <laughs> as we enjoy the sounds of the waves of the Mediterranean Sea crash against the shoreline feeling the sun on our faces, smelling the refreshing scent of salt from the sea, feeling the sand between your toes as you push your bare feet into the warm sand. I enjoy doing that, not for the sake of necessarily imagining, you know, putting us on a trip to the Mediterranean, although we are going to Greece. But just for fun, I'll imagine up, pick places, pick places that I have been to before, places I've never gone. And I'll lie down or sit in a chair quietly and in imagination, go there. Feel the wind of the coming off the sea, the warm, salty air against my face. Or I'll put myself on a spaceship or in a movie it's all you. You're your own boss of this whole thing. No one else is minding the store. <laughs> You've got it. It's all you. You've got the keys and you control the inventory. So you decide what to, where to go, what to experience. So I love playing. It's good practice, to, uh, practicing learning to intentionally move in imagination. Other things I do, I love to read, not necessarily, I used to really be into the scary stuff, you know, Stephen King and Dean Koontz, the suspenseful edge of my seat kind of thing. Um, and horror movies, not so much now. Because I, I, don't, I don't need to go into that type of uh, world. I don't, you may enjoy it, have no problem with it. That's cool. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel good. I don't enjoy imagining all the horrors so there's no need. I get no entertainment from it. But I do enjoy losing myself in the, you know, a few moments of an adventurous movie, knowing full well that it's not real and not buying into the emotions fully. But it's still fun. But what I really love to do, listen to music. I love, I really love, I love rock and rap, uh, R&B, not so much country. <laughs> but heavy metal even when I'm in a mood. But what really takes me away is a good orchestra, some classical music or some new uh, music 
played by an, any number of symphony orchestras, or just the, a lone violin playing. I love violins and other stringed instruments, the cello. It immediately takes me away in my imagination, not necessarily to a location, a geographical location, no, uh, location but just the, the vibrations of the strings and the movement of the music. I just move with it in imagination, seeing colors and feeling the patterns. Hmm. And poetry. I fell in love with poetry back. Uh, my first taste with it was in high school. And then I really, there was only, I fell in love with one particular poem, The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And that got me turned on to Coleridge, Samuel Taylor Coleridge. And I don't care if his poems were opium-induced or what. They're just beautiful. This, these fantastic stories. And even though the rhyme of the ancient mariner, you know, we were taught it was something awful, you know, and he's, I'm not going to get into it, but he kills the albatross, and the, as punishment, the ship is at a dead stop in the ocean. And anyway, but the imagery that the writing evoked within me. I could, I, as I'm reading it, I could feel the, my throat getting parched and tasting the salty air that wasn't good at the time and being thirsty with the other, my crewmates on the ship with the captain. I really put myself there. I didn't know what I was doing when I was in high school and really becoming part of the story. But that's when I really started to fall in love with poetry. And then it really blossomed in college. Oh, I found uh, some Blake. I'm not a, I don't, I like Blake, but I really continued my love of Coleridge and Wordsworth and Arnold. In fact, in one of my early episodes, all I did, I think it was episode 11, it's just me reading lines written in Kensington Garden by Matthew Arnold. Hafiz, I love Hafiz, and the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. All of these things just take me away in imagination. I do it for fun. I enjoy it. But it also works my imaginative muscle. It's practice. We are all imagination, Neville says, all of this. Our bodies, all of these things that we assume that we think are the real, real us is not. It's just the manifestation of our imagination, of our consciousness, who and what we are conscious of being. So why not intentionally go within and move and play and practice? Not necessarily to go somewhere or to be something or to experience something. But wouldn't it be cool if it's just for fun, you're enjoying the sand between your toes uh, at, the, at a beach on the Mediterranean or in a hot tub watching the snowfall just for fun. And then you find yourself there. That's cool. Because where you go in imagination, hmm, there's the reality. Oh, so back to poetry. So, and this was what was so cool. I knew I was going to talk about this today. And then I came across, I happened to find, a, she's a friend of mine on Facebook. And in one of the, I think, in a couple of the Neville Goddard groups. And just what you would seemingly by accident, I found her uh, book of poetry 
on Amazon. The da Daughter of the Wind, and Anila Reddy is her name. And I apologize if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly, but Anila Reddy. I'm going to put a link to her book in the description. But it's a wonderful book of poetry. And just from the very, from the opening, from the preface, she had me pulling me in an imagination, seeing the sights and tasting. She talks about bubble gum in the preface, and I could taste the pop of the flavors that she's describing. She has a way of just awakening the imagination and firing it up. If you love poetry, you should definitely check that out. But what do you do for fun? What do you enjoy? What's fun? Do that and do more of it in imagination. Explore this universe. Come up with new universes in imagination. Go somewhere where there's a green sky and purple plants and three-eyed people, you know, that have wheels for legs. <laughs> Just have fun with imagination. Be a kid again. Explore who you really are. And put to death the old way. Forget conventional wisdom. Forget what your parents taught you. Forget what society told you or your restrictions are and your limits are. Forget all that. I've mentioned this before. I had a teacher in high school tell me, Brignac, you're just a contrary fellow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I took it, you know, I took that the wrong way through some years in life, being disrespectful and whatnot. But yeah, I do. I guess I am contrary to what the facts of the world say, uh, thing how they it says it should go, what conventional wisdom says, what society says. I've mentioned before also, and in fact, I have the episode called Absurdly Irrational. I love exploring that absurdly irrational state. Yeah, what's conventional wisdom say? Ah, uh, Okay, we're going to do opposite of that. <laughs> we're going to break some boundaries. We're going to explore. There was, uh, I wasn't going to share this, but I guess I am. It, one day I was, not too long ago, I was just lying down thinking about that. Like, what, is, what does it mean for me to be absurdly irrational? What does that mean? What do I want to explore? And in just a moment, I just went to a, a very quick, dream or vision it was just a moment i was gone from the bed and found myself in this vessel or a room that was made of tissue and the it had a membrane or the walls were like fascia it reminded me as i'm in it looking around squishing around my feet are squishy on the tissue i realized i'm in something because it reminded me of the amniotic sac and while I was in it, I thought of my puppies. When I years ago, my dog had puppies. Watching her chew the amniotic sac off of the puppies that were delivered. And so I'm standing there, and that's what I started doing. I started ripping at the walls of this membrane, and I even bit at it, trying to tear it to get open. And I it pulled it aside, and I stuck my head through, and the air was so fresh and clean and crisp. And inside this organ that I was in, it was warm and musty, damp. And I pulled open this membrane and stuck my head out, and I stepped out of it. 
in this crisp blackness. The air was crisp and clean, and there's nothing but blackness. And then the whole thing erupted in stars, like I was sticking my head into the universe and could see nothing else. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. And then I, I came back to my bed. Just thought I'd share that with you during my absurdly irrational state one day. <laughs> All right, guys, shoot me an email. Shoot, tell me some stories. Ask me some questions. What are you experiencing? What do you want to experience? What's been working for you? What hasn't worked for you? And if you don't mind me sharing your stories, tell me. I'd love to share them with listeners. Uh, email address is feelingtwisty at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at feelingtwisty and uh, a little Facebook page. Uh, like I've said before, I accidentally created a Feeling Twisty profile, I think, or a page. But then I also intentionally created the page where I actually post things. And it's the title of it is Feeling Twisty, a podcast. So I need to, I guess, delete that other profile somehow. But anyway, find me. Shoot me some emails. I love you guys. This is Feeling Twisty. <laughs>